Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Are we going to have a good time this morning? Amen. Praise God. Let's have our seats. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We are finishing up our subject today on faith to overcome the world. Part 6. Praise God. Faith to overcome the world. And we've been dealing with this subject the whole uh, of this month. And it's been interesting. How many of you have been learning something from it? I mean, just life changing. Praise God. Now, we ended up last Sunday by talking about the three things we need to renew our mind. The three things we need to renew our mind. What are the things we need to be able to renew our mind? And what are the three things we mentioned? If you were here last Sunday, what are the three things we mentioned? Number one, time. Perfect. Number one, time. We cannot renew our mind if we don't give time to God or the study of His Word. Most times, people think they are too busy to study the Word. That I'm too busy. I don't have time. But if you don't have time to study the Word, you don't have time to be fed. Your faith cannot grow. We must give quality time to the Word to be able to grow in the Word. For instance, how do you become an engineer? I give this, this illustration all the time. How do you become an engineer? You, 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 you pass your papers, your WIAC, your school cert. You get into the university. Okay? And then, you give your time to your lecturer for four years. And after four years of your lecturer pouring knowledge into you, after four years, you become what? An engineer. Am I right? Come on now. Am I right? How do you become a tailor? Or a fashion designer? You sign up for two years. You give your time to your, uh, whoever is teaching you, and they pour the information of fashion into you. And after two years, you become what? You become a fashion designer. So that means that you cannot learn anything that you don't give time to. You cannot grow in God's Word if you don't give time to the Word of God. And so for us to grow in the Word, we've got to find time for the Word. Many people want to grow in the Word without finding time for the Word. And so our growth is proportional or our growth is consistent to how much time we put in the Word. So we cannot change our mind if we don't renew our mind. And we cannot renew our mind if we do not, if we do not have time for the Word. You know, most times I get into... Uh, people's homes, and, and, and I don't have anything against movies, but most times I get into people's homes, and you know what I'm just saying? They are just feasting their eyes on movies for 24 hours. Just just feeding their eyes there. Just, just concentrating on that thing. From one movie to another. From one movie to another. And what are they doing? They are renewing their mind in the direction of whatever the movie teaches. And that's how you realize that sometimes if you feed, and you need to be careful of this, if you feed yourself too much on that thing coming from that box, it's going to change the way you see life. It's going to change how you approach life. It's going to change your perspective about life. And you need to be careful about that. Because what you give your time to is going to shape you. I mean, I give this example. I preach to some of you. I mean, I preach like one hour to you on Sunday morning, and for those of you who come for midweek, 45 minutes, so let's say, I'm able to speak to your teacher for about an hour, 45 minutes every week. Now compare that to how much time you get fed from other sources in the whole week, from the internet, from social media, from television, from, from news. It's way more than you get fed from the Word. And so if you want the Word to overpower those things coming out from outside, you have to also dedicate quality time to build something on your inside that will overcome that. And for some, some people also, their listening span is so short. 
So while they are in service, their mind is on who is owing them. Some are mind on what they are going to cook after service. Some are thinking of the dress they are going to wear to wedding. Some are thinking of their dog. I'm on all kinds of thoughts. And so it's not even as if they are paying attention for that whole one hour. And so you realize that we cannot grow in the Word if we do not give time to the Word. Somebody say time to the Word. You have to commit quality time. Somebody say quality time. Quality time for, to the Word so you can grow and be fed and develop your faith. Who you spend time with will determine how you will end up. So if you spend time with the Word of God, it will change your mind. It will renew your mind. You see, as you grow in knowledge, some things you used to be afraid of, you will not be afraid of them anymore. If you grew up in the village, you remember when you were growing up? Uh, some people used to be scared of masquerade. Right? You say, wow. Come on. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Right? I mean, children of nowadays don't know masquerade. They know Barney and Tom and Jerry. Okay. But if you know masquerade, right? And you were growing up in the village, and they said, oh, that masquerade. And you ran. Then, as you kept growing up, you realize that the masquerade is your cousin's brother. <laughs> right? Then, as you grow up the more, you even realize the masquerade is your brother. What happened? The fear disappeared. You even carried other people to say, let's go and see the masquerade. They said, no, the masquerade. They said, my friend, forget it. It's my brother. What happened? The fear of that masquerade, dis- you, it dissipated as you grew in knowledge. It's the same thing. If you give time to God's word, God's word will feed faith in your heart. And that thing that looks unsurmountable that you are afraid of, what's going to happen is as you grow in your knowledge of God, it will disappear. Oh pastor, I'm afraid. I don't know how my future is going to look like. Grow in the knowledge of God's word. The, the, your future, you will be so assured of the future, you will almost sound arrogant and boastful. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, that's why sometimes, you don't, uh, I, and, and I'm very careful as a minister of the gospel, if you observe my teachings, I'm very careful about sharing examples. And because I realize that with Christians, what most of us do is we copy the examples of people without going through the process. So if I come out as a minister and I say, this cannot happen to me, you know what happens? Everybody picks it and starts saying that. It's not in the saying. It's the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. I fed myself with certain knowledge of scriptures that made me to make that proclamation. And when you also want to make that proclamation, you go spend time in the scriptures also. And this is what I realized. The proclamations that work for me might not work for you because God would have specific proclamations for your own life. So as you feed on the word of God, God will begin to give you words that you would say. Are you still here? But this will only come if you have time. Most people, they run their marriages by what they watch on those movies. Most people run their lives by what they watch on those movies. You know, I, I, I look at life most times, and sometimes I ask people, what do they really want? If you really want success by God's way, you will pay attention to the Word of God. You will get a hold of the teachings and listen to them over and over and over and over again until they build something in your spirit. You know, I got up early this morning just getting ready for service and just doing a couple of things around the house. I've already spent about an hour this morning listening to messages. To a message. I just put it on. Just feeding my spirit. This morning, I've gotten up and listened. I mean, there is no day that passed that I don't listen to at least two messages. Just feeding my spirit. Just getting to learn. You cannot put the hard work of time in renewing your mind and not get the results. But you know what the enemy will do? Will get us busy with all kinds of things except spending time with the Word of God. And some of us, just about the time we're about to sleep, then we'll just sneak in two or three scriptures. Or read Psalm 91 quickly and put the pillow under our bed. 
You know you can die with the Bible under your, under your head. Can even make you die faster if your head is not balanced. Maybe if your head was flat, you would have died slowly, but because you raised your head. You've got the book has to live from these pages of paper and get into your heart before it can save you. Number two, diligence. Diligence. It means you're taking time to study the word. It means you're taking time to be diligent. Are you following what I'm saying? You're not just casually reading the word. If you want to renew your mind, you have to be diligent. It's like if you if you go into you remember the, the picture we used last Sunday? How many of you were in church last Sunday? We talked about uh, metamorphosis from the pupa to the larvae and all that and then comes a beautiful butterfly you go into school as an ignorant student no idea of engineering right you start receiving classes you start receiving classes you go back you read your notes you make your research paper you do your assignments you're, you're diligent and at the end of the day you come out as what come on you come out as what I didn't hear you you come out as what as an engineer because you were diligent about your study. Now, there were other students who gave that time, but they were not diligent and they failed. And they could not graduate as engineers. So listen carefully to this. Are you following me this morning? If you give your time to the word, you also need to give your diligence. That's what completes that transformation. You are diligent. You cannot renew your mind if you are not diligent. For instance, you are struggling with a habit in your life. Get into the scriptures of righteousness. Confess them daily. Confess them daily. Confess them daily. Be diligent about them. Study the word. Read the word. Spend time with the word. Invest. If you will turn off your phone for two hours in a day and give it to the word, it will change your life. It will change your life. 30 minutes a day, reading the word, meditating on the word, will change your life. You know, sometimes we are so busy trying to get everything in. I see the way believers run for success. Run! Ah, yeah, yeah, this is what is working. Trying everything. <laughs> That's the prayer we're praying today. You know, when we say we have prayer, most times people want us to pray the, Oh, Father, let destiny help us come my way. Oh, may they locate me. May they, are you lost? Why are they, they have to locate you everywhere. Prophecy will locate you. Destiny help will locate you. Where are you? Because we've got this victim mindset about life. We've been taught. It's almost like when we see ourselves, we see victims that needed to be helped. The new creation is a new man in Christ. He's a child of God. He's an heir of God. Glory to the name of the Father. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. The greater one is on the inside of you. Don't always approach the place of prayer with that needy victim mindset. You know, if I tell you about the story with the woman, um, the issue of blood, if I start telling that story, how would you see yourself? If I say, if I'm telling you that story right now, you know the way you're going to see yourself? Or the way we see ourselves as Christians? If I start telling you the story of a woman with the issue of blood, that you're the woman with the issue of blood. You know? You're like, oh, no matter how long your problems have lasted, if you can just touch Jesus. Oh, Jesus is here today. Let's just stretch to touch him. Why don't you see yourself as Jesus in that story? Why are you only seeing yourself as a woman with the issue of blood? Didn't the Bible say, Savior shall arise out of Mount Zion? Church is too quiet for my liking this morning. Didn't Jesus say, didn't the word say that Saviors shall arise out of Mount Zion? So why don't you see yourself as a Savior in that story? Why are you always seeing yourself as a woman with the issue of blood? Do you realize that with every scripture you read, and you see Jesus, and you see people with problems, you quickly put yourself as the one with the problem? But do you know right now, because Jesus has died and has resurrected and has given us his life, we can really begin to see ourselves. Instead of seeing yourself as blind Bartimaeus, see yourself as the man who is the one healing blind Bartimaeus. Instead of here seeing yourself as a woman with the issue of blood, see yourself as the person who possesses virtue. That if people with the issue of blood touches, they will be healed. Can you see that you need to spend time to renew your mind, not to see yourself as the one who is always needing help. He says, as though God is in us. Reconciling the whole world to himself. 
Say he's any sick among you. So it wasn't a, it wasn't something he was expecting. Say he's any sick among you. Says let him call for the elders of the church and let them anoint him with oil and the prayer of faith will heal him. He didn't say the anointing oil will heal him. He said the prayer of faith will heal him. Because most of us have more, more faith in the bottle than in, in Jesus. And let me explain this to you, right? Let me, let me just explain this to you. I know you say pastor has come again. You should just leave these things alone. <laughs> let me explain this to you. You see, all those anointing oils, right? That they pray for and they sell. None of them is anointing oil. They are all olive oil prayed for. I like the quietness. When the scriptures gave guidelines for the anointing oil, in fact, the Lord specifically instructed how the oil should be mixed. Go and study the Old Testament. He gave them the portion to mix it. So what you have most time is olive oil prayed upon. And if olive oil prayed upon can become anointing, anointing oil, then this is what I teach you. The one who anoints that oil now lives in you. The Holy Ghost. Right? So instead of carrying something around, you carry Him. Why don't you just put your hands on the sick and see them recover? And that's what a teaching ministry does. A teaching ministry equips you to come into the place of maturity. Knowing God for yourself. So you have to be diligent to study. Even the things I've told you now, go and study it. Go, uh, go home. That's how you grow. Go home and look up the scriptures on the anointing oil and find out the requirement God gave to the children of Israel on how to mix the anointing oil. Read everything out. Then carry your anointing oil they anointed for you and read the content and read if what is in that content and what is in the scriptures is the same. Are you, are you here? This is how God wants us to renew. We have to be diligent concerning healing, concerning where the power of God is concerned. How to walk in the power of God. Who we are in Christ. What Christ has done for us. We are not victims trying to be rescued. We are victors made triumphant in Christ Jesus. Come on somebody say amen. How to renew your mind. Now, number three, consistency. How do we renew our mind? The process of renewing our mind. Consistency. Consistency. You cannot grow in anything you're not consistent in. So, when we talk about the studying of God's word, for instance, you have to be consistent in it. It's not like you study today after hearing such a message and the next two days. You know, sometimes it's amazing that people who can read and write as believers, they have no Bible. A matured man, a matured woman, you can read, you can write, but you don't have a Bible. So how do you want to grow? Because all you want is someone to come, right? When you have problems, and lay hands on you, or do something for you, and the moment you keep, you, if you keep living that way, you are going to remain a babe all the days of your life. Are you following this? And it's very important. Because God wants you to grow. God wants you to be matured. God wants you to be able to stand against the influence of the world. And you cannot stand against the influence of the world if you are not growing in Christ. Growing in your knowledge of God's word. So if we want to renew our mind, time has to be given. Diligence. We have to be diligent about the scriptures. Diligent about studying the word of God. Diligent about feeding our faith. Number three, there have to be what? Consistency. Everybody say time. Say it one more time. Say time. Diligence and consistency. Have to be consistent. Just studying the word. Going over the word. I remember uh, when, I, when, when, when I accepted the Lord and I wanted to buy the amplified version. It was 800 naira. Remember the first amplified, I bought the small one. Man, I saved up, saved up up to three months, couple of months to be able to buy that amplified version. I mean, when I bought it, it was like treasure. Ah, man, just reading it, reading it, reading it. 
people want to want to be successful without spending time to renew their mind. There are so many scriptures I built my life on today, and I built them on just growing, just growing, just growing gradually. Nobody's a faith giant who did not start out from the scratch. It's enough. You have been inspired by people enough. It's time to grow your faith. You know, I was talking with one of my friends one day. We were just discussing. And he was pointing to this minister. Oh man, this man of God. Oh man, this man of God. Oh man, this man of God. I said, we bless God for their lives. But do you realize that God has also called us to be ministers? And there's something God expects from us. Amen. You can be inspired by people. But at the end of the day, you will not get successful just by inspiration. You've got to put in the hard work. Like Reverend Tokes will say, this is your life. It's not your enemy's life. So you've got to treat it with discipline, dedication, and determination. Are you following what I'm saying? You know, sometimes you're encouraging people, try to study the Word. Try to study the Word. And it's almost like they, if they do study the Word, it'll be, it'll be, the benefit will be in your own life. That's, that's, that's a lie. Even if you grow up in the same, you realize this, even as husbands and wives, both of them has to, have to also live by their own faith. Do you realize no matter how well you love your wife or you love your spouse, if they are not feeling well, you cannot say, okay, let me take part of the sickness for you. No, they've got to still deal with it. So you've got to take that responsibility if you really want to be able to overcome the world and you really want to be able to build your life or at the end of the day you will have to realize I have absolute responsibility in putting these things to work so that my life can get better and so I can overcome the world and the things the world is going to throw at me. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 because all the things we've been dealing with in this series this is almost just like the summary. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. If I say this book or this pen or this phone shall not depart from your hand, what that also tells me is that it has the possibility to depart. Am I right? If I say, don't let this thing depart, it means it can depart. So he's saying, the book of the law should not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it night and day. You shall meditate on it night and day. Meditation on it night and day. Feast your eyes on it. The Hebrew word Hagar, it means to mutter or to roar or to think over and over and over again. Over it. It says, meditate on the word day and night. And I'm beginning to take this scripture literal. You know, first thing in the morning when I get up, spend time meditating on the word. Last thing when I go to bed, I spend time meditating on the word. The psalmist says, when I think and meditate on your works on my bed at night. I mean, Joshua was, was actually leading the children of Israel to, to the land of Canaan. And you think that God was going to give him a military strategy. You think God is going to tell him this powerful thing to do. And you know what God told him? The Word. He says, just stick with the Word. Just meditate on the Word. Just stay on the Word. Allow the Word to govern your desires. Allow the Word to govern the way you act. Allow the Word to govern the way you, you think, the way you see things, your perspective. Praise God. You, you realize that most, most, most people, the way they've been raised and they've been taught, listen carefully to this, and you need to pay attention to this. Make sure you listen to this. The way most people have been taught and raised even in church, they always feel that they need someone to help them to get ahead in life. And in that sense, it's what we call destiny helpers. You, you understand that? Unconsciously. Let's be honest. Come on, let's be honest. Unconsciously, we've got the feeling that, you know, we're going to meet this whole destiny helper one time and it's going to just sort our lives out. Come on, how many of us are honest in that there? 
Do you realize that when Jesus was living, the one helper he gave and he said was going to come was who? The Holy Spirit. Follow me carefully now because I'm renewing your mind where this destiny helper thing is concerned. But do you realize that unconsciously because of the way we have been taught, including myself speaking to you, we neglect the Holy Spirit on our inside while we are waiting for someone on the outside to come and help sort our lives out. Do you think your life would be radically more different if you would have faith that your destiny helper is on your inside? Do you think that would change your prayers? Do you think that would change how you spend your time? You guys are quiet like we're in a Methodist church. Do you think that would change the way you spend your time? It will renew yourself, your mind, the way you spend your time because you now want to spend more time fellowshipping with the presence of the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to direct you than going from one place to another. Can you see how that whole concept that if I see that the help I need is on my inside and the help I need is not on my outside, it will change the way I even see people. Because when I see people, I'm not saying, are you the one? Are you the helper? 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 I'm not seeing people from that perspective. I'm seeing people the way God actually wants me. That's why most of you don't have poor friends. Because there are people who don't have money, who have integrity, who are good people, but you don't want them to be your friends because they cannot be your destiny helper. And you're running around the rich all the time. Even if you have been insulted, say, I can take the insult as far as my destiny, my destiny is helped. There is nothing wrong with your destiny. It's just the foolishness of teaching. It, the scripture says you are complete in Christ. What about if you say that about yourself every day when you get up? I'm complete in Christ. I'm complete in Christ. I'm complete in Christ. And you know how some of those things started pushing strong? The way they acted films. You have a poor, a, poor, a poor girl, you know, going to fresh water from the river. And then one man will just drive from the village and come and see her freshy water and just marry her and take her to the city. She now build house for her father and build house for her mother. And even the dog in their village now have a house. Oh God, oh Father, may they see me, may they see me. Tie up and be fresh water in the street now since you want them to see you. Why not tie up and going to fresh water on your head? And then the pastor also feeds on that. And he comes into scriptures on Sunday. Just read one passage of scripture. And Rebecca saw Isaac and closed his Bible. And start gisting him to you for one hour. You yourself, you start feeling sorry for your life. Oh, Father, may he see me. May he... Why are you not the one seeing people? Why, why, why are you always comfortable in the place of being a victim? And this is it. It's because out there in the world, that's what the world pushes as success in life. So it gets into our message. It corrupts our prayer points. And that's why sometimes when people come here, they struggle to pray. Because most times the prayer points don't look serious. Today's prayer Sunday, say we are going to pray. I don't finish. Pray for the will of God for 30 minutes. He said, no, I know the will of God. The will of God is to send me my helper. Are you following this now? Ephesians 1.3 says you're blessed with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know what? When you watch, watch some of those films, right? A man has money and then he's cursed. And after a while, the way they act it, right? His container will sink. And things start going bad about his life. What happens? He comes down. Why? Because he's cursed. That means the curse in the realm of the spirit affected him physically. If you would change your mind about that, what about the blessing that is on your life spiritually? It means if you give yourself a little bit of time, that blessing is going to work and cause certain physical manifestations to come to pass in your life. And what would that teach you? It will teach you patience. It will teach you perseverance. It will teach you... There is nothing wrong with you. Nothing. There, you don't have a problem. 
Stop praying that way. Because it's the pressure of the world pushing you. And that's why most people now use marriage as an escape of poverty because that's what they have fed themselves with. They have not renewed their, their mind. So, you see, a lady doesn't position herself to say, you know what, I'm going to get married to this man and I'm going to be a helpmate to this man and help this man fulfill vision and I'm somebody worthy enough to help this person get his assignment done. Rather... Can't marry so that they, our in-law will be taking care of us. So you are using marriage as an escape route for poverty. That's why when you see godly people come who don't have anything, you reject them. Then you not marry someone you don't know who has all the cars. Because you are used as a, a, you know, marriage to you, instead of being a covenant of fulfilling kingdom purpose, becomes a poverty alleviation tool. You see how the world now changes it? Come on, are you, are you still here? Am I talking this morning? And you too, as the man, that's your mindset. Nobody's going to marry me if I don't have anything. I have to hustle, I have to hustle, I have to hustle. You're now also in the gutter, also outside, also in the, are you, you are 27, you look like 45 in the hustling business. Because the world has also taught you, taught both men and women, that if you don't have money, nobody will get married to you. And so marriage now becomes a, a, I don't know what to call it now, it now becomes a place to prove if we have made it or we have not made it. Are you following this? When we got married, I didn't have anything. I keep saying it. There was nothing. But it's not like if I say I didn't have, it's like she also had. We didn't have. (laughs) But not today. Not anymore. What happened? We knew God wanted us to be together. We got a hold of the word of God. In fact, there were days in our life we spent confessing the Deuteronomy. No good thing we will lack in our house. We will stay in houses we didn't build. We confessed that scripture very many times in our life and marriage. We prayed it. And today is a manifestation. So we didn't get married because somebody had money. You know, you know, sometimes when you get married in those ways, I'm not saying it should, it's bad. I'm just sharing stuff with you. That's why sometimes you have all these childish arguments. So who have the property? Who, who have the TV? Who have it? I want to be clear. <laughs> Are you what I'm saying? The United where you came, you did not bring anything. Did you not meet this year? I mean... I bless you people. God has saved me from those troubles because we got married to an empty house so everything we bought, we bought together. Are you following what I'm saying? And when you fed yourself enough of those films, they'll sit there, you just be saving something separately in case, in case the man says he does not want you again. So from day one, you enter marriage preparing for divorce mentally. And by your actions, by faith is action. So you have one savings. I have savings. My, father, my husband does not know. In case, just want to be careful. Don't know, don't know who man be. Want to be careful, and you don't know that that action is actually a seed. You will, see, I'm not prophesying over you, but be having secret savings. You will leave the marriage to go and spend your secret savings. It's, it's like that because your faith has already shown that you are preparing to leave. That's your action. And tomorrow, I don't know what happened. No, I don't know what happened. You know what happened? You started sowing the seed. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? And we need to be careful of these things. We need to be careful of these things. <laughs> you know, I used to joke with my wife. I mean, I tell her, you know what? Regardless of what happens, you are not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. If you leave, I will pursue you and come. Do you know that? It's not that uh, uh, I don't want you. I want you. Even if you don't want me, you are enter. You are not going anywhere. When you die, you can want another man. But as far as it's not a prayer point. Oh, let our marriage not scatter. Where? Are you hearing? <laughs> yeah, is that 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 things you just set in your mind? The devil will just leave you alone. Oh, let the marriage not break. Where how will it break? It will break if two people are saying they are not staying together again. And I say, okay, you don't want to stay. You will stay. You are not going anywhere. This is where they change somebody to the house. Say, why are you changing your wife? Say, we are married. (laughs) Are you following what I'm saying? There are decisions. Why? Because from the word of God. 
Now, let me create the balance in that now. How do I now relate to my wife? I don't wait for her to submit to me before I love her. I love her because the word of God says I should love her. Irrespective of her attitude. She submits because the word of God says she should submit. Irrespective of my attitude. Can you see that if both of us put the word of God first, the attitude of the other person will not affect how we relate to the other person. So, I'm submitting to my husband until, no, you do the word. I'm loving my wife. If she, no, I do the word. So, if I commit to doing the word and she commits to doing the word, we realize that both of us will obey the word regardless of the other person's attitude. Are you following this? So, what that means is that if I want to get married, I should look for a woman who respects the word. Can you see where, where the foundation is? Now, but if I'm not just looking for who is respecting the word, I'm looking for a swagalicious woman, I might have swag and somebody who does not respect the word. And then I'll try and be buying submission. You know you can buy submission. Hey, if you want me to respect you, change my phone. <laughs> and I buy phone. Infinix. Infinix. Oh, wow. Okay, you have 45% respect. And that's why sometimes you hear some people complain, I've done everything for my wife. I've done this. And there's no respect. Word. Word. I've done this for my husband. My husband does not love me. Word. If the man does not have the fear of God and respect for the word, do whatever you want. If you like, even at 79, start wearing mini skirts and spaghetti, paint your face. Even the lipstick knows that we can't stay in this face anymore. But they are holding themselves together. They won't hold the marriage. If you like, drink slimming tea. Do you understand? Go and do whatever you need to do. Because those are external things. When people decide whether they want to get married or not, whether they want to live a marriage or not, it is not external. It's an internal decision. So once that internal is not sorted, forget all the external arrangements. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on, are you, are you, are you with me in the service? So we have to renew our mind regarding this whole thing about marriage. We have to renew our mind regarding raising our children. We have to renew our mind regarding finances and how we should steward our resources. And how do we do this? We give attention to the word of God day and night. Because constantly, every day, the world is bombarding us with things. Do you know that some of you are blessed, but because of the kind of people you hang around, you look like you don't have a job? Yeah, some of you earning a hundred thousand a month. That's enough to take care of families, take care of people to do stuff. But no, it's not enough for you. Covetousness and greed will not allow you to be grateful for that. But if you, you realize that if you follow God's word, God's word will teach you gratitude. With that gratitude, increase will begin to come. It's like when the loaves were five loaves and two were presented to Jesus, he lifted up and gave thanks. What did the disciples say? He says, What are these among many people? That means the disciples looked down on that, but Jesus lifted it up and gave thanks. You don't go down if you're a grateful person. But the world does not teach us gratitude. The world teaches us what? Ingratitude. Come on, is somebody still with me this morning? It says, this book of the law shall not, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Be consistent with it, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it for them. You will, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. So God doesn't make your way prosperous. God has already made your way prosperous by giving you the word. You choose now how far you want to go. And we have to, listen, we have to come back again to consistency in confessing the word, in declaring the word. And that's something God has been speaking to me about in the last couple of weeks. Get back, get back, get back to the basics. Go back to your confession time. Get hours confessing the word. Go back to your prayer time. Go back to your study time. Because all these things you see externally can only be sustained by the word of God. The Bible tells us that the word is sustained by the power of his word. If you want your world to be sustained, you keep the word of God first place. No, it's not just running around. Go and ask people ahead of you. It's not just running around. It's not just going from place to place. You stay where God wants you to stay. I'm going to, teach, I'm going to teach about anxiety next month. Some of us are going out of where God wants us because we're anxious about the cares of this world. It's not by feeling sorry for yourself that you become successful. 
Ah, by now. Oh, by now. I would have. By now, I would have. It doesn't solve anything. You get into the Word of God. And the Word of God starts speaking to you on what to do with your life and the actions to take and the decisions to take. It sets you on the right path and you are patient with it and you walk in it consistently. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, I tell you, we are going to have a great church on this island. We're building a great church. We're building a great... I'm telling you. I mean, see all these guys leading prayers? The Harris and all of these people leading prayers? The day is going to come. They will stand here and just teach the Word. I mean, and teach the Word as strong as I'm teaching it. You've got to be patient. And you know I can decide to use money and employ all kinds of pastors <laughs> and pay them good salaries. And they will start fighting. Or I can be patient and take people who have no clue, who does not even look like they can take prayers and start feeding them the word and start teaching the word. And in 10 years, you raise mighty ministers of the spirit, sound in doctrine, sound in the supernatural. You can either buy success or be successful. You've got to choose. You know, you have big ministers who claim sons all over the place because they won't invest time. In raising sons. And then you also have young people who should stay and learn the word and be trained and be raised to become effective ministers running to big conferences because they want to associate with people on TV. You know some of the truths I teach you in this church will get your life straightened out faster than the places you're running to. It will get you sorted out faster. That's the truth. Because our world teaches us to value what is popular, not what is true. And it's a problem in ministry. Some of the things I say, people don't agree with them because popular minister says it. Or talk against it. Or say the contrary thing. Now the day those ministers say the same thing, they will agree. So the problem was not with what was said. The problem was with the fact that one is popular and one is not popular. And that's also a metric of the world. That's, that's a dimension of the world. That is something the world puts in us. That if something is not big, it's not true. And that's some of the problem we're going through. God has blessed you. You have a good marriage. You have good children. You have at least a good income taking care of you. But you're not satisfied because you're looking for what is not lost. I, I, I'm actually preaching in this service. Are you learning something? How do you go back? And calm down with the pursuit. Relax. Take it easy. Go spend time with God's word. It will teach you what to do. Life is not as bad as you're making it look. Ah, by now, by now, by now, my mates would have, ah, by now, as a man, as a, as a complete man, I should be riding my own car by now. Complete men are in prison. It depends on where you're looking at. There are people who are your age also who are drug addicts. They have no... You know, do you realize that sometimes there are people who are mature, they have no sense of purpose. There's no... They have money, they have everything, but you cannot define that this is where this man is going. And meanwhile, at a young age, God has given you a sense of purpose. You know, one of the greatest gifts that God gave to me very early in life was to know who I was called to be. And since the day I found out I was called to be a minister of the gospel, it has set my path on a consistent purpose. Never deviated. Consistency also is a grace and a gift. Till I leave this earth, you will find me pursuing nothing else than the teaching of God's word. Decades. Consistency in it. Praise God. Come on, I said praise God. (laughs) Look at this now. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Somebody getting blessed. My son, I'm trying to summarize this whole series we've been in. Because these are some of the ways the world gets into us. The cares of this world keep making us feel like we're failures. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Just like today you find out stories of pastors going to places to go and wash their eyes so they can see stuff. Or go to get powers in other sources so they can grow their church. Funny enough, it's very sad because how do you get power from the devil to grow the church of God? It means you're just wasting your time. If the church will not grow, you stay like that. Do what you're called to do and go home when you're ready to go home. And all because... And I'm, I'm dealing with this thing now. It's all because we have measured our success by numbers. Come on, come on. 
I mean, we will grow. Forget it. Um, this church, we will have numbers. We will grow. So I'm not against growth. But when you even get into some denominations, you will find us pastors are falsifying attendance figures so they can be posted to good places. So when you raise a system in such a way that a pastor promotion or whatever it does is based on how much comes in and how many people he has, what do you think that pastor would do when he's tired of where he is and he needs to get to the next level according to you? What will be the next level for him? He will do everything he can to increase money and increase attendance so he can be promoted. What does, does that become a kingdom motivation? Absolutely no. You know the reason why? Because we have also defined a successful church by how much offerings we get and how many people we speak to every Sunday morning. You see how the word gets in? But if we spend time in the word, we will see that God can take us from preaching to people in Samaria and take us to preach to one man in the desert and God will say that's success for us. So we have to spend time, even as pastors, even as ministers of the gospel. You know, the, 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 the disciples of Jesus came to him and says, <laughs> Who is great among us? Who is the greatest? And Jesus had to renew their mind concerning greatness. He says, The greatest among you will have to be the slave of all. The word slave is the, is the Greek word dualos. It means the lowest of all. You see, when they got to the, to the... I mean, people have used this to teach a doctrine of miracles, but it's not true. It produces miracles, but it's not true. When they went to the, the Last Supper, the Last Supper, what happened? Normally, in the Jewish culture, they used to walk a lot, so dust was gathered. It, it happens in Kenya. I go to Kenya to preach a lot. When you go to Kenya, when you get into the house for the first time, before they serve you food, they'll give you warm water to wash hands. In fact, the first time I, I went there, I was like... Ah, ah. How many times do you wash hands in a day? Because then I'm going to this house, they give me one more time. I've washed hands before. I say, wash again. It's their culture. Now, what happened in those days was that it is the lowest servant that would bring that rag and wash your feet and clean your feet. Now, when they all went into the Last Supper, nobody wanted to do that. Because, man, these are 12 disciples of Jesus. Who is low amongst us? Who's going to wash your feet? The scripture says Jesus knowing that he came from the Father and he was going back to the Father. You know why that, that verse was put there before it talk, talks about Jesus taking towel? He knew who he was. He knew that serving would not make him lower. He knew he was coming from God and he was going back to God. He took a towel and washed the feet of his disciples. He showed them that the greatest must become the slave of all. Do you know as pastors we need to renew our mind? concerning that when it comes to leading God's people. That the privilege God has given to us is to serve His people. Not to dominate over them, but to serve them. It will change how we see God's people. Come on, are you seeing? Are you seeing what I'm saying? So you see how we need to renew our mind concerning several things? Several things. Money. Where do you put your money first when you receive your money? How do you see the kingdom? How do you steward the kingdom? How do you give to the kingdom? I'm teaching on Wednesday concerning Developing a consistent giving life. You need to listen to that. These are things, these are areas we need to review. And these are very important areas. Praise the name of the Lord. Now go to Proverbs 4, 20. My son, give attention to my words. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Incline your ears to my sayings. That means pay attention to them. Now, it's possible to to listen to someone and not pay attention to the person. You can be listening to me right now and be fiddling with your phone or you can be talking to me and I'm playing with my phone. I'm listening to you but I'm not paying attention to you. What God wants is for us to pay attention to His Word. Give it attention. When you are studying the Word, switch off your phone. Tell your friends, I want to study. Put it off. And give attention to the Word. You see, we need to. I'm, I'm begging you. You need to give more attention to the world. You see, you see this whole COVID-19 stuff that's come upon the world? It's shown us that there are things that can come upon this world and take this world out in a moment that nobody has a clue to. You know, before now, when you look at all those European countries, you felt like, man, nothing. You know, in fact, people even boast in that. All the things you people pray about here in Europe, they don't pray about them. 
COVID-19 showed up, we still have fewer deaths than most of those countries. They have absolutely no clue. Rock the world! So it shows you that even those nations are not our hope. God alone is. Come on, I said God alone is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you've got to spend time with the word. When you want to renew your mind. It says, incline your ear to my saints. Do not let them depart from your sight. The same thing he said to Joshua. Don't let this thing depart. Don't let it go away from you. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. That means you have to search for them to find them. They are life to those who find them. And health to their body. As you study the word of God, you are feeding yourself with health. You have to find it. Life to those who find them. You see, if you don't find the word of God, it will not produce life for you. So there's got to be a finding. And that's the diligence I want to see us get into. If we want to renew our mind, if we want to get the best from God's word. I was saying this. There's something I love so much. My wife has been doing in the last couple of months. It's just stirred my heart again, challenging me. I mean, I'll just see her studying and studying and studying and studying. She's been studying on the fruit of the Spirit. She's been studying joy, just studying joy, studying joy. She was asking me a question about joy from one scripture. And I told her, I've not studied it. I mean, I can have an idea what it is, but I haven't studied it. Hey, but it's just challenging. She's not studying to preach. If she wants, if she's studying to preach, you know that oh, she's preparing a message. I mean, she's studying notes, laptop, everything. Almost make me feel like I'm not doing anything. You know how somebody can be preparing for exam, then you now look like you are playing, even though you are trying. Eh? Or something like that. But I like that. Why? She's building joy on her inside. She's putting the word of God on her inside. You should have a study life. There should be times where you take out your word. You're going through the scriptures. Listen to me. When the challenges of life comes after you, I will not be there. When the challenges of life come after me, you will not be here. We all have to deal with the challenges of life at our own levels of faith. And nobody can assume your spiritual growth for you. And that's why, listen, you've got to be appreciative of the ministry of the teachers. Because you realize that everything I'm teaching you, I'm putting the responsibility back to you. What do we want right now? We just want to be in services where people call what is wrong with us. And lay hands on us. And we have miracles. With zero responsibility. That's, that's, that's babyish. That's immature. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's immature. You have to pick up the Bible again. Pick up your notebook again. Open the Bible. Read for yourself. Take that note. Study. And build your spirit. So that God can use you to do what He wants you to do. And God can do what He wants to do in your life. Stop being a child. Stop being a child. You realize, I was telling someone the other day, a lot of ministers are going to be with the Lord. Maurice Cerullo and all of those people are going to be with the Lord. And I was telling a, a dear friend of mine, I said, we need to train our people how to know God for themselves. I mean, I say this with all sense of, of, of respect and utmost humility. I'm just using it as an example. God bless Bless God's servant, Padeboy. Every month, there is this Holy Ghost miracle meeting he does where hundreds and thousands of people go there to receive miracles and be blessed. And we thank God for that grace. But let me ask you one question. When he goes home to be with the Lord, what will happen to those hundreds and thousands of people who need to go to Lagos every month to get something done? What happens? Now, we can't have those kind of gatherings. Gathering is limited to 50. What happens? I believe that this situation we are in right now calls every dear minister of the gospel to evaluate the way they raise their people. Even for me. There are a whole lot of people who can't come to service right now because we can only do 50. So the question is, if I haven't raised them properly, I'm not saying I have done, but I'm just saying, if I haven't raised them properly, how will they manage this period? You realize that a lot of pastors are afraid. Some people are not going to come back to church. Some people are going to backslide. Some people are going to... Yeah. Because if they were not taught properly and they don't have the fellowship of weekly meeting and they are on their own for three months, never been to church, some people will get used to it and never return to church anymore. It means that we didn't feed them and train them properly while they were with us. Come on. Am I, am I telling you something? 
Because almost any people who are, who are selling water can't sell water anymore. Because you can't get a hundred people to buy water without uh, hand sanitizers. So how do you 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 progress now? The water you bought three months ago is finished. How do you pray now? No water. Are you going to start doing online online service? You order water online and it will deliver to you. So you realize that this whole structure and this whole wineskin needs to be reevaluated because we had a situation in the book of Acts where the believers were persecuted and they were spread abroad to several cities. But out of that persecution, a lot more churches were planted. Why? Because when they were with the apostles, they were trained, they were fed, they were developed, they were built. And when persecution scattered them, they released what was inside of them. We're not looking. Who was Philip? Who went to Samaria to start a revival? He was a deacon in church who was seven tables. Come on. Am I still talking here? And this is my heart passion. This is my cry right now. To be able to train believers to the place of maturity. That if you live here and go somewhere where there is no church, you don't even have to be called a pastor. The maturity and the training you have received is enough to birth a revival wherever you go. And this thing takes time and diligence and takes seriousness. Are you still here? John 8 31, verse 23 says, Watch out your heart, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. So the thing you feed your heart the most is what's going to come out of your heart. And your heart is what will determine the course of your life. Your heart, the things you fed your heart, will determine the course of your life. If you fed your heart with the seed of God's word, that word will redirect your life. I want to beg you, take these things I'm teaching you serious. Take them. I, I plead with you. We've got a flash drive there that has almost the last messages I've preached in the last two years. You should have a copy, if you're a member of this local church. You should have a copy. Save money and buy it up. And listen to it. It gives you about... 200 messages there about? 200 messages there? Listen to one every day and build your faith. Get a hold of that. Listen to it. All our messages are sent free. We have some on the internet. Don't be lazy about your life. Those things we're looking for, the things the world is trying to push on us that makes it look like, listen, if you don't have this, you don't have life. Let those things be. Separate yourself unto the Word. Feed yourself with the Word. The Holy Ghost will teach you how those things will come into your life. Are you still here? John 8.31 So Jesus was saying to those Jews who have believed in Him, If you continue in my word, then are you truly my disciples? Somebody say, continue in my word. Come on, say, continue in my word. There have to be consistency with the word of God. Don't confess one day and stop. You know, I mentor quite a lot of people. The Lord is giving me that privilege. You know the number one struggle I have with the people I mentor? The number one struggle is not consistently doing the basic instructions I give to them. That's the number one struggle. If I can get any young man, if I can get any young woman who comes to me and says, I want you to be my mentor, if I can get them to do the things I tell them consistently for three years, I'll make a success out of their life. And I say that with all sense of humility. But you know what? Do it one month. Slow down. You have to read. Oh, yes, sir. We are reading. Twelve chapters. Chapter 11. Have you done the twelve? I'm tired. You have to confess the word. Yes, sir. They confess. They stop. Do you think if I was not consistent, I'll be where I am right now? You think so? You don't stumble on success. If there's one prayer you need to pray, stop praying all those many prayers. Pray for God to give you the grace of consistency. You already know what is right. But how do you do it daily? Day in, day out. Day in, day out. Meditate on the word. Day in, day out. Day in, day out. So you make your way prosperous. You do it for two days. You relax. But have you observed that all those negative, I don't want to call them negative, but all those attitudes that don't, that don't add anything to your life, you don't need strength to be consistent in them? Hmm? Z-World. Do you need, do you pray, oh Father, I have this series on Z-World. I have not been able to finish it. I need your power and your strength. Do you pray that prayer? No. Some of you, when you are going to, to sleep, you leave the TV. Say, leave the volume. Hey, low. 
If they disturb you, no. The thing, even your dream, you are still watching. You are actually sleeping like this, but you have in the spirit. You know how those Nigerian films, when somebody is coming from the dead, the body is dead, and the body now stands up. In your own mind, you have even stood up straight and turned like this to watch TV, and your body is like this. So by the time you get up, your waist is paining you because your spirit was actually sitting like this at night, but your body was sleeping like this, so your spirit turned like this. So by the time you get up, my waist. Because you are watching a movie all through the night. Zero. <laughs> you know, some of you are masters at movies now that once you see the introduction, you just say, oh, I know how this story will end. You see this person and you will write the whole script. And true to your word, you have a prophetic grace of word of knowledge for films. Everything you prophesy, you say you go kill him. Watch, this guy is a bad guy. Ah, this guy is a very bad guy. I don't see him. I don't see him. And it's true. By the time we watch the movie, you know why? It's not that you have any gifts. You have exercised yourself so strong in that. Are you following what I'm saying? Anything you pay attention to, you become a master at. It's like football. You know, sometimes people like, oh, they watch football. How do you know this is number this? How do you know who played this year? How do you know this footballer? It's because we have interest. People watch long tennis. I don't know why. I don't know why people watch it, but they watch it. There are people who watch boxing. I can't watch boxing. Right? There are people who watch wrestling. There are, there are fans of wrestling. Once they hear the, the music, dun, 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 say, that's real Mysterio. That's real Mysterio. Now music be that. How? It's consistency. Someone else will hear that music, I have no clue. We even think the doorbell is ringing. Do you understand? So what am I trying to say? Anything you want to master in this life, give it time. If you want to master faith, give faith time. If you want to master prayer, give prayer time. How do somebody pray for one hour? They just pray 15 minutes. They grow to 10 minutes. Nobody has a weak prayer life. They are just lazy. Ah, sir, I don't know how to pray. If you can talk, you can pray. If you can talk, you can pray. How can somebody pray for two hours? Can you talk for two hours? Yes. Keep talking. Just talk the scriptures. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, there was a time here with our service team. We prayed for five hours. And when we wanted to start, I asked how many people have prayed for five hours before? A lot of people have not. We prayed for five hours. How did we pray? They did not know the capacity to pray for five hours is in them until it was drawn out. You know that there are some churches that do all night every Friday. I don't understand how they do it. Every, and you know, people are so used to it that even the Friday pastors say, ah, we don't have all night today. They will still do all night in their house. Ah, people just do without all night. <laughs> Don't say you're busy shaking your head. Say sleep. That my my body is is doing all night. I don't find it, but I struggle. I mean, I I struggle with all night. There was time I went to Kenya. We had to do an all night. So they told me I'll preach in the all night. I told them I said "Ah, it's been long. I did all night. So for years I've not done night. So I will do the first preaching. I will go and sleep. The people come and wake me. I'll do the second preaching. And I'll pray for the sick. And that's what I did. I finished preaching. They gave me a place. I slept. Slept where they did all the other Then Later on, they came to call me. I, I told them before that you see my eyes red from sleep. It's not that uh, the man of God, I'm sleeping. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not doing this thing with you. <laughs> and I prayed for the sick. And I, so they know me. Every time they invite me to that meeting, when they say, sir, we've made arrangement for where you sleep. I say, God bless you people. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not doing this thing with you people. I mean, there's nothing bad with all nights, but I'm just telling you that how do you see that people do all nights every Friday? They give time to it. Whatever you give time to, you become a master of. If you give time to this word, you become a master of the word. Praise God. Last scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3. Same thing. If you give yourself to gossip, you become a master of gossip. Whatever you give yourself time for, you become a master. 2 Corinthians 10 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful to the destruction of fortresses. That word fortresses is stronghold. What is a stronghold? Where the enemy hides to fight. Something that has been built over time. I'm going to spend time to teach this scripture. It's a very important scripture. I just want to run through it now. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we're ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. So Corinthians 10, 3-6. I read from the Amplified Version. Uh, from the Message Translation. The world is unprincipled. There's no principle in the world. That's what it means. It's dog eat dog out there. The world does not fight fair. 
But we do not live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade are not for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entirely massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse to the structure of a life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. What God wants us to do is life that is built into maturity. What are the three things the enemy used to get a hold of us? Our thoughts, our imaginations, our arguments, our strongholds, those thoughts patterns that have been formed over time that have become a stronghold. Ah, you can't see good men anymore. If you're not careful, that becomes a stronghold. Because you've heard it and said it and heard it and said it and heard it and said it until it's a stronghold in your mind. That becomes spiritual warfare. What is spiritual warfare in this context? Fighting those thoughts. Fighting those strongholds. The enemy can build thoughts of poverty and lack in your life every time. That anywhere you go, you're always looking for something to receive and nothing to give. You know, when somebody sets up himself to always be a receiver in life, is a poverty mindset. You get into a place, what can I get? What can I get? Not what can I give. You've got to deal with that. Praise the name of the Lord. So our spiritual warfare is taking the word of God and fighting these thoughts that come. Those thoughts of failures, thoughts of your past mistake, thoughts of your past life, thoughts of failures that come into your heart. You, take, you have to subject those thoughts to the knowledge of God. Those thoughts that fight against the knowledge of God for your life, you take authority over it. And how do you do that? You spend time in the word of God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift up our voice and thank the Lord. Father, we thank you. Oh, we bless your holy name, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, mighty God. Oh, praises to your name. Come on, let's lift up our voices and just thank him. Oh, we give you praise, Father. Oh, Shabanga, Laprasto, Zekila, Manshto. Let's just minister to the Lord for a moment. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.